Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Ball Caps and Bagpipes. It's the Dundee edition, the roadshow edition of the show. Jason there, I am in Dundee this evening. I'm John McKellar, and I play for the Glasgow Comets. And I'm still in Edinburgh in a 160-year-old toilet, and I'm Jason Deer, former uh, player and uh, Baseball Scotland Hall of Famer. Former player, Baseball, Baseball Scotland Hall of Famer, former Cannons manager, former president yeah. of the league, current and always proprietor of uh, Dugout Classics and a Hall of Fame member. Uh, still broadcasting for a 160 year old toilet of course you are <laughs> <laughs> you, like to, you like to pay tribute to your roots Jason <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we've got a great weekend of baseball to talk about this week and we have an excellent guest coming on a guy that you've known for a very long time we have uh, Rory Dunn joining us this evening he's the manager of the Edinburgh Cannons and as we saw a couple of weeks ago he still has a few innings left in him as a player um, as it happens. So I'm very excited to talk to Rory in a bit more detail than we have in his previous couple of visits to the show. Uh, we'll get a wee bit dive, we'll dive a wee bit deeper into his baseball journey, as it were. Um, let's first off, though, uh, do the scores for this past weekend. The Saturday, It was Sunday, the 24th of April. Um, so in the first game of the weekend, we had the Cannons continue their hot start. They won 17-2 to over the home Aberdeen Oilers. Um, not really a massively surprising result considering the start that the Cannons have had. Um, and as we spoke with uh, Casey McKenzie last week about, the Oilers have a lot of very inexperienced players, a lot of young players, um, some raw talent, but obviously they are still very much developing into a cohesive unit. So another big win for the Cannons and they continue to bat like crazy. Um, we'll go into a wee bit more detail on that particular result with Rory just shortly. Um, the other two games were both absolute classics from all uh, from all accounts. Uh, both Glasgow teams went to extra innings. Um, in Tayport, the Galaxy went to extra innings and were beaten in walk-off fashion by the Breakers. Uh, final score there, 11-10 to the Breakers, so a bit of a slugfest. Whereas out in Edinburgh, the Glasgow Comets uh, picked up a, an extra inning victory over the Diamond Devils. Um, tremendous uh, game of baseball there as well. Unfortunately, I did miss the Triple A game uh, after the, the single A game. I headed up here to Dundee, so I wasn't able to to stay and watch that. But uh, part of me kind of wishes I had because it was quite an astonishing um, result. You know, the, it was kind of topsy turvy for a while. Obviously, both sides had great pitching. You had Kyle Huffy on the mound for uh, for the Devils, and you had them. Um, uh, David Flores on the mound for the Comets, so a great pitching matchup, and as we can see, a close fought game uh, with the visitors ultimately coming out on top in extra innings. Yeah, exciting times there. Extra inning games would uh, exactly like what you want to see. You don't want to see blowouts. You want to see close games, and, mm. and the fact that two of them went to extra innings this early in the season, I think it's going to make for an exciting season overall. Yeah, I just want to highlight a quick comment for Chris Kelly. Uh, let's fucking go, Comets. <laughs> Far be it for me to show bias, but um, I have to agree. Uh, they are my club. Um, but yeah, just a, a great weekend of baseball. Um, what have you done this time, Jason? <laughs> Nothing this time. They went by, so I'm okay this time. So oh, hopefully okay, I, can, okay. I can lock the man cave up so no one knows. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to hear somebody with an axe try to burst it down. <laughs> I'm actually impressed you can hear the police coming and go by yeah. there or ambulance. Yeah, wife's screaming, leave him alone! Leave him alone! <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about the single league games. Um, the Teaport Breakers made it two out of two this past weekend. They destroyed the Galaxy by 14 runs to two in the single league game. Um, considering you know, it is a shortened game in single league, that's a massive result. Um, 14 to two. 
Galaxy off to a bit of a rough start at the moment, a bit of a rough patch early on um, for the Galaxy, a team who not so long ago won three consecutive titles. Um, so we'll have to look a wee bit deeper into what could be causing that slow start uh, when we speak to, I think John Tafe will be on the show just a couple of weeks from now. He's getting to come on. I think it's uh, in two weeks' time, if I'm correct. Yeah, so we'll, we'll find out from him what he thinks is the missing piece from that particular lineup. Um, it wasn't a good day for Glasgow at all in the single A because their Comets were defeated 7-5 to five by the Knights. Another close-fought game, uh, another well-played game, and another one in which they came out on top by getting some key hits. Um, and uh, they showed a lot of patience at the plate as well and got some key walks. So they just were able to take full advantage of the opportunities that they found. Um, and uh, I want to quickly uh, give a massive shout out to Kyle. Kyle Huffy umpired the single A game and uh, I thought he did an excellent job. That's great. And I know Kyle, uh, Kyle was looking to volunteer more of his time and help out with umpiring. I know he's done it previously in the past and yeah. he's really stepped up this year and, and done a fantastic job. Uh, yeah, Kyle didn't just uh, help out in the umpiring side. He gave a lot of tips to both sides' pitchers as well. Um, he was he was very he was very hands on with giving people wee bits of advice like your your release is wrong. You should try following through in this sort of way. Um, and I think that they were very receptive to his feedback. So I think that in the development side in the single A game, a wee bit of that is is really good for players. It helps with obviously mechanics and also with confidence. Um, and it's also just a an extra added bonus to playing in the single A team if you're maybe new to the game and you're wanting to try pitching or have never pitched before and want to, to make a go at that. So, again, just massive props to Kyle for, for a job well done all round. And nice to see that everyone's helping everyone out despite different cities and teams and stuff like Absolutely. that. It's always nice that everyone's pitched in for, for the greater good of the league. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that we're seeing that become increasingly more of the case. Um, the community aspect of the league seems to be stronger than ever this season. Um, and it's it's just great to see. Uh, yeah, you know, every time I come down to the field, I always say it's just going to drop something off for five minutes. And then an hour later, I've chatted to both sides of everyone. And it's always good to see everyone. And uh, a massive shout out to Ian Davidson, Mr. Dog himself. Like I, I coached Ian, Ian 13 years ago before he moved and then came up. And uh, he, he came up to the field on, on Sunday and said hello. And it was great to see Ian. Uh, it, completely blew my mind to see how much he's grown it makes me feel sound old but you know i hadn't seen him in 13 years and mm. it was great to see that he was back he really took that 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 eye dog nickname uh to heart because he became like an eye doctor of some sort i think he's like an optometrist and an ophthalmologist <laughs> or whatever you call that <laughs> so he really he really lived up to the name I, you know what? I, I think when Ian joined, he was 12 or 13 at the time. And, well, you know, we wanted to make him feel part of the team. And so that it was, you know, give him a nickname. And, and iDog just kind of quickly oh. stuck there. And yeah. uh, it quickly became part of the, the, the guys there. So uh, it was good to see him. So, oh, he's you've watching got, tonight. You've got All a right. message. All right, Jason. Uh, <laughs> Ian uh, took, a, took a sore one to the face during our AAA game, apparently. Um, so I hope that he's fully recovered from that. Um, Ian won uh, Glasgow Rookie of the Year, I think, last season. Um, and I think he won that at both the Glasgow Award Night and the Baseball Scotland Award Night. 
Ian's been a massive uh, boon to the Comets lineup, um, whether it be pitching in singly or playing third base mostly in hitting uh, in Tripoli. Um, he's become such a key piece of our, our lineup in just in just one season. Um, so a big shout out to Ian, and obviously again, I, I hope that your face is <laughs> your face is doing okay. <laughs> I don't know what it is about us in Edinburgh trips this season, but like there seems to be a lot of sore faces coming out of that that area. <laughs> it was rain. It was rain the previous time. Uh, it, it happens. I think it's just early in the season still. We're four weeks in, five weeks in now. Uh, and I think we, you know once uh, we get into the rhythm of things, we're seeing probably less balls to the face. Let's hope yeah. so. I'm hoping to put some balls on the grass. Um, I just I've gotten off to uh, quite a horrific start to the season at the plate. I'm just in what you might call a bit of a slump at the moment at the plate. Um, I seem to be having that that kind of luck where I'm hitting line drives and they're looking like hits, but they're just ending up in somebody's glove. It's just like I'm smashing it somewhere that there's already a fielder standing there and they're just catching them. And it's one of those frustrating ones where it's like, I feel like I'm doing everything right in terms of like what I'm able to do, like towards to, as far as to the fullest of my abilities. But it just isn't working anymore for the time being. So uh, yeah, I'll be taking the feedback that you gave me this past Sunday in mind, which was uh, pitch hit. Yes, a couple of people will know that from uh, from Coach Jeff Rue. Definitely, we can ask him about Coach Jeff's stories when he's on there. Uh, uh, and it was just more of the mental aspect of things yeah. there. And uh, I need to type it up, and I'll share it with everyone out out, out there watching and all the other teams there. And uh, uh, just to give you an example, we, we Coach Jeff came over from the states. He was a former. Uh, coach with the Giants and the Cardinals uh, in their minor league organization, and he helped with everyone's mental approach to the game. And with the two weeks there, the rest of the season, everyone played out of their, out of their minds. It was incredibly, you know, you didn't miss anything. You were hitting everything online. Uh, I, I developed a cutter that I could never find again. It was fantastic. You told me the story of the cutter. Yeah, you threw yeah. it for about was it two weeks, and then yeah, you forgot yeah, how to do it. Yep, Coach Jeff left, and I could never get the grip again. So, uh, but yes, I'll share it with everybody. I think that's only going to help everybody uh, improve across the board and really do that. So, so Coach Jeff abandoned you. Is that what you're saying? Um, Ian yeah. says uh, the face is doing fine. The block with the nose kept the would-be winning run on third, so worth it. See, this is an example of just how valuable Ian is. He's willing to sacrifice that beautiful, handsome face he has uh, for the team for the team effort. Uh, thanks so much for your for your sacrifice, Ian. And uh, it'll be, it will go unnoticed. Um, what do you say we get to the standings and then we'll get on with the uh, Ruri, with Ruri's interview? Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, what do we yeah. got for the standings this year? So, in AAA, the so, after four weeks of play in AAA, the Cannons, Ruri's Cannons are 4 0, a perfect start for the Edinburgh Cannons. Um, we're going to talk to him about that just shortly. There's a couple of things in particular that I want to ask him about. Um, in second place at the moment are the Breakers. They're a game behind the Cannons with a 3-1 and record. Um, the Comets and Galaxy are both tied in third with 2-2 two and two records. So that's an interesting tug-of-war between our, our two clubs, especially considering this coming Sunday's matchup, which we'll get into uh, towards the end of the show. The Edinburgh Diamond Devils, who obviously, as we know, stormed the league last year, were league champions with a couple of weeks to spare. Uh, they're one in three at the moment, so they're in fifth place. And then sixth and last place at the moment are the winless Oilers after four games, 0-4. The single A standards, the Tapeworth Breakers have a 2-0 record in single A, so they lead that at the moment. Uh, the Edinburgh Knights are 2-1, and, and the Comets are the reverse of that at 1-2. The Galaxy 
currently 0 and 2. So those are the week five standings for Baseball Scotland. Um, week four, not week five, week four. Week five. Yeah, week four. I'm thinking about with this coming week. This coming week is week five. Um, so yeah, that's your standings after four weeks of play. Um, we will get the manager of the first place Edinburgh Cannons on the show just now. What do you say? Let's bring Marie on. Hello, Rudy. Thanks so very much for joining us on the show. Rudy Dunn, ladies and gentlemen, of the Edinburgh Cannons. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm surrounded by cannons here. As you can see, I've got clowns to the left of me and jokers to the right. And uh... <laughs> You've been waiting to use that for 10 minutes, haven't you? <laughs> He's a Red Sox fan, Jason. Yeah, not double trouble here, but I've got red socks underwear on, just especially for you, John. You know? Very, very nice. <laughs> um, thanks so very much for joining us, Rudy. You guys, obviously, at the Cannons, have had uh, such a hot start to this season. Um, I wanted to kind of run back the clock to last season before we get into anything else. Now, I remember that at the start of last season, particularly when we did our uh, season preview show, you were very excited about particularly the bats in your lineup. Um, for the first few weeks of uh, last season, it just didn't click for some reason for the Cannons. Toward the second half, you guys had a, a serious resurgence. And obviously, as we've gotten underway in 2022, you guys have gotten off to a hot start, 4-0. This is kind of the start in 22 that you kind of expected last year. What do you feel has clicked this season that didn't quite click from the beginning of last year? Um, I definitely think from the start of last season, there was definitely an element of not ready for the season. I'm not trying to blame COVID lockdown not being able to do baseball activities because we did as much as we possibly could while still remaining safe and getting together. But there was definitely an element of, you know, a couple of guys who they were saying, weren't ready hitting-wise. You know, the bats weren't there yet. Mm. Um, for this season, we're definitely much more prepared. It helps that our lineup is even deeper. You know, we've added a couple of guys which just... I say to my guys every week, one through nine, there's no rest. You know, no one needs to be the guy, hit a home run, win the game, because the guy behind you is just as good as the guy in front. So you can take the walk, work the count, let the guy behind you just keep the line going. And, you know, I imagine for an opposing pitcher, it's just brutal knowing that there is no kind of rest. Here, this guy's hitting three fastballs, easy out kind of place in this lineup, apart from number nine. <laughs> yeah, you say that, but just a couple of weeks ago, you went deep. You took uh, one of the Glasgow Comets deep for your first ever home run after what is it, almost two decades of playing? How tell us about how that felt, um, and uh, to finally, to finally, gonna take that off your bucket list, so to speak. Let me just grab the whiskey for this one. I feel that the uh, the home run was no, that was pure fluke. I mean it. it holds the adage that swing hard and good things can happen. You know, I am not a home run hitter. I am not a power guy. I just happen to have a weirdly heavy bat and kind of got real lucky. You know, I haven't even been playing golf the week beforehand, but it definitely felt like I was seeing that one off for the fairway of the swing that I took with it. You know, good things will happen as long as you swing hard. I'd like to say I've worked on that. No, no. I think I spent six years going, I don't care anymore about anything. I wanted at least one home run. Mm. And even then I was like, okay, cool. It's not going to happen. Forget about it. You know. Okay, so now that, now that you've hit a home run, has it opened your eyes to any other kind of little bucket list items that you think you might want to achieve before you stop playing? 
on that. I mean, what's left for bucket list? I mean, I mean that was my only chance at a cycle ever, as far as I'm concerned. So it's never going to be another home run. It's never going to happen again. So forget about the cycle. Um, I've already given up like 30 runs in two innings. So the ERA is, you know, let's forget about that one as well. I mean, no, I mean, like, I don't know what's kind of, I mean, yeah, I played a long time, but 3,000 hits, that's not happening. You know, it's... it's <laughs> I don't have a bucket list, man. I, you know, I, I think I've played every position at least one inning, some point, somewhere. I know Jason liked to move me around a lot when I was <laughs> starting out. And he was the coach, you know. Uh, no, I, 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 yeah, there's a lot of stuff, but there's no bucket list. The bucket list would be kind of just keep doing it. You know, yeah. I, I don't want to stop. Uh, you know, I, I kind of, I can ask sometimes, you know, surely at a point you're going to be too old, too tired, too broken to keep doing this. And you might there'll be claw marks on the infield as you drag me off that. Line. <laughs> it's good to hear. Coach, you know, I can't <laughs> myself in the lineup. Not yeah. that's good to hear, Rudy. It's always fun to play against you. Let's. Um, I want to take a wee bit of a trek further back in time, and uh, let's talk about how you originally became interested in baseball and how you came to be involved with uh, with baseball in Scotland. Now, I think you're going back to. Pre-Cannons, aren't you? It would have been, I'm not sure if it was the Edinburgh Diamond Devils at the time, but you were around when you, when Jason, Jason's told the stories about the four-hour trips down to, you know, down south to, to play double headers and then the trip back the way. Um, talk to us about how you became firstly interested in baseball and secondly, how you uh, became involved. Yeah, no worries. Uh, my, my interest in baseball started in uh, 2004, real good year. Uh, literally, because baseball's on so late and it used to be on Channel 5 at like 3 in the morning, when you are young and spend a lot of time in a pub, it's kind of what's on TV when you get home, especially if you're young and drink a lot of stuff that's full of caffeine and sugar. So you can't sleep, so you might as well watch something and you kind of watch, you put something on, you go, oh, this baseball is quite interesting. I think it, like my first game I remember was like an all-star game, must have been 2004 all-star game. I kind of go, oh, this is kind of cool, this is kind of cool. A couple of weeks later, I remember vividly the next game I watched was Red Sox Yankees, the one where Varitek punched A Rod in the face. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Like, you know the game I'm talking about, John. Yeah, that's kind of burned in there. And yeah. I kind of went, okay, I'm kind of enjoying this. Made a bet with myself whoever wins this game, that'll be my team. <laughs> and I'm so glad that uh, <laughs> I'm so glad the, the Red Sox came back to win that one. No. But I thought it started becoming instead of like going out on Sundays and Wednesdays, I would stay home to watch the baseball, yeah. and I became really interested in it. And back then, I was uh, what was I, 18, 17, 18, uh, still living at home, and it was actually uh, it was my mother that said, "Why don't you get out the house and go and see if you can play this game yeah. somewhere?" I always played sport in school. I played football, rugby for school and stuff. And since leaving school, I wasn't being that active. So she was like. You know, just go online, Google Edinburgh Baseball, see what turns up. There must be something somewhere. So I did that. I found what was the Edinburgh Diamond Devils, the only team at the time. Got in touch with this weird Seattle guy, Jason Durr. Or, in fact, no, 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 that, that would have been Nick Clark at that time. We ended up meeting up with this team and kind of going, yeah, I'm enjoy I enjoy this. Uh, and then when I found out that to play, you have to meet them at, 5.30 in the morning outside Waverley Station to be driven to Liverpool or Menwith Hill or uh, anywhere random in England. So I'd, I'd sit there. Uh, I worked in a nightclub at the time, so I'd finish work at four in the morning, walk to the steps and sit there with a six of Red Bull, kind of wait for my ride to turn up 
and then pass out in the car, wake up in time to warm up, pinch run in the eighth, and then get back in the car and come home. Yeah. Or unless Ray Brownlee was playing, then I'd pinch run every time he needed to get past first base. But I'd never get to hit. He'd always sum himself back in. But yeah, no, that's the start. And, you know, I enjoyed it. Like I said, I am fanatical about it. And so there's a lot of folk you kind of go, well, you, you chose to keep doing this, put yourself through this. And yeah, you know, I'm glad I did. I'm glad I stuck with it. And now it's a bit easier. Aberdeen's the worst trip. No offense, Aberdeen. I just mean it's the longest. So <laughs> the longest trip, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I think where, where he's not saying, I mean, how many times do we get in the car and get halfway down the road and you're like, oh, it's rained out, and then we just turn back around again, and that was our Sunday. So, you know, yeah, yeah. So we always feel bad for Rory because they were sitting there with a case of Red Bull next to him just to stay awake long enough to get into the car and then pass out. And then be like, all right, don't wake him. We're just turning back around again. Yeah. Things don't change. I know how much my team has faith in me because two of them got in my car when I only had three hours sleep Sunday morning to drive to Aberdeen. These guys obviously trust me, you know, because I wouldn't trust me to drive that car to and from Aberdeen. <laughs> Chris Kelly, my teammate, says really puts the trip to Aberdeen into perspective. Yeah, I think we've covered this a few times on the show, Jason. Um, and, uh, you know, on a related note, Rory, do you have any favourite road stories from back then during the, corner, the the days of the long trips down south? Jason's already laughing nervously, so there must be some good death yeah. stories. Uh, what is this podcast? PG thirteen. It's, uh, it's unfiltered. There are no restrictions. Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, like I said, I was asleep most of the time. Lots of, <laughs> like I, the long road trips is when you made friends because you're stuck in a car with four other guys for what five hours. Yeah, you you get to know folk, you make friends, and that kind of bonds you as a team. Uh, like my favorite road trip was always Men with Hill, just because it was a real weird place to go to to go to this top secret US listening post army base where you kind of you, you feel really nervous just entering there's a mm. lot of guys in camel and a lot of stuff you're not allowed to take photographs of or talk about but uh i mean there's stuff which you look back and you go was that hazing or is that okay what we did to uh <laughs> you know Rory on his first road trip who had to go and uh was forced to go and buy the magazines at the, the pet <laughs> on the way home or that was a tradition I think, for us. I think Jason's told me that story before that any of you guys that made the trip would have to go and buy the um the gentleman's uh reading material for the, yes. <laughs> for the, the trip. Health reading material, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, I, I, you know, I was like seventeen, eighteen and like everyone else is at least, you know, maybe five to ten years older than me. So I'm like, Yes, okay. Absolutely. Yes, yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That's amazing. <laughs> that, that was a tradition that everyone had to do on your first road trip. You had to go buy uh, some reading material to share with everyone yeah. else in, in the car. Um, I, I think the best one is there is we had a, a Blair McKellen on the team, and we, we took the reading material and, and we stuck I wasn't it in his bag. Name. I wasn't <laughs> ah, it's all right. Blair's like thirty now. It's all good. <laughs> and we stuck it in his bag. And his mom found it. Now Blair was like fourteen at the time. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty cruel. That that's definitely on the borderline of hazing. Um, yeah. Oh my god! Um, yeah, but, mom went um, to the laundry and pulled it out and found it out. <laughs> so, really, uh, moving swiftly on from that, then mm. let's talk about. Uh, you know, obviously, you started off as you said as mostly a bench player who would maybe come in and pinch run once in a while. 
yeah. as, as a rookie. Um, you've obviously gradually worked your way up to being a regular player and you now manage the Cannons. Why don't you talk to us about how you how you developed as a player early on and, and sort of memories of becoming more of an active part of the team? Uh, yeah, no worries. Um, the biggest thing for me was, um, you know, it sounds preachy, but putting the work in. When I first started, I was always pretty fast, and Jason was like, you're playing outfield. You're quick, you're going to get to everything, you're an outfielder. And I went, no, I get really bored when I can't talk at people, and no one can hear me from the outfield. Can I come play uh, infield? I want to play second base. Nothing to do with Dustin Pedroia. Uh, so, but it's, you know, Putting the work in. You mentioned Coach Jeff earlier, and there's something Coach Jeff told me, and I, you know, he told most of us at the time, and he kept saying to me, uh, you know, there's always something to do in in the game. Every play, every player has a role in something to do, and that's what keeps you in the game. If you know, if you're on the infield, you're doing this, you're doing that. If that's not happening, that's happening. There's no point where you're kind of sitting, twiddling thumbs, looking at the sky. And that's what I enjoyed is being constantly uh, involved in the game. That you know, Robert Bluefield, and like I said, I think half it is the fact that I just didn't go anywhere. You know, I <laughs> I don't want to say I didn't grow up, but I just I've been here the whole time, so I didn't go anywhere. But at the same way, I you know, I enjoyed coming down every Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday. We've changed days of training so much. The games on Sunday. I mean, I enjoyed doing it. If I didn't enjoy doing it, I shit wouldn't still be doing it you know as much as i might mourn and grump you know if i how much time and effort I put into it i still wouldn't change that you know i still enjoy doing it and i enjoy being able to help people you know new people coming down who want to get interested in the game or people that want to play the game at every level how can i facilitate people being involved being in baseball and also then furthering edinburgh and scottish baseball to that degree to make us uh, at a level where people kind of take notice of us. Uh, what was it, 2019, three years ago, we went down and we won the Battle for Britain tournament. Mm-hmm. And we opened some eyes because everyone was kind of thought baseball Scotland was going to be a joke. You know, how can they play baseball in Scotland? There's no bloody flat ground. It's, everything just rolls to third base, surely. Mm-hmm. No, we went down and we, we won that tournament and it kind of opened eyes. And feel that uh, the work that has been put in both by yourself, Jason, and then Paul Convoy and myself and other people in building up the baseball around the city's John, I can't mention, not mention obviously John and the Glasgow teams, Jason up in Tayport's doing a great job, Casey um, and Aberdeen and Stephen before he had before he left Aberdeen did a great job there of just building up the whole country as a legitimate place to come and play baseball and not a kind of like a jokey beer baseball kind of thing. Like take, take the game seriously and enjoy it. Now you mentioned some of the some of the, the sort of quality and talent level. Now, you've had the benefit of playing alongside some very talented teammates over the years, such names mm-hmm. as uh, Jason's mentioned Ben before on the show. You've you've played alongside both Gabriels. Um, do you have a particular teammate that you look back on and think to yourself, like, that guy was special? I was lucky to be able to see the him or her play. Uh, I mean, there's a long list. And I don't want to do anyone just justice, uh, this justice by not mentioning them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, when the Cannons first started, we had a litany of great players. Like you said, both Gabriels, we had Mike Smith pitching. We had um, Julian in center field. Uh, uh, 
Peter at catcher. And nowadays, like I said, I had the, the greatness of getting to catch Sam uh, Davidson two years ago, who was a hell of a pitcher. Last year, Harris uh, from China was a hell of a pitcher and a hitter. You know, I had so many guys say to me um, when I went to Hayport that they were disappointed they weren't going to get to play with the Scottish uh, Otani because he was that good. Like, you know, <laughs> it was a loss that he had, it was, you know, we lost it a year, but I know that, you know, he's still in our group chat. He's still, you know, following us along, cheering us on from across the globe, same as a lot of the players are. So, I mean, you know, I, don't make me choose one, man. That's cruel. That's, that's harsh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think... When I think Edinburgh uh, now, I think there's both Federico and Wren are very special players. Like to watch them both play the game, I find I just really enjoy watching both of them play. Um, you know, so I will give uh, I'll give a, you know Federico and Wren. I've you know I've extolled the virtues of Wren on this podcast before. I feel like yeah. I'm flogging a dead horse. The kid's fantastic, but uh, a, a new canon who actually played his first game with us up in Aberdeen is Connor Smith who is, for a kid so young, is so talented and so passionate about the sport. And it is so great to see in him just, you know, a kid so young that he's here. I don't even see my hand. He's here and his ceiling is, poof, it's off. I don't have a house big enough to show where this kid's ceiling is. <laughs> so I'm excited to see, you know, yeah. to get to play with him as a player, to get to manage him, his professionalism, the way he goes about himself and with the game. That's an exciting thing, you know. Yeah. Now you mentioned managing. Uh, let's talk a bit about how you came to manage the Cannons as well as playing. Uh, you've mentioned obviously you you just didn't go anywhere and you stuck around long enough that you know you got more involved in the playing side. You've obviously been entrusted with the running of the team. Uh, Jason was the Cannons manager previously. Uh, he hung up his cleats and decided to walk away from the team in 2017. Uh, how did you end up being the guy to run the club? Uh, and what what was your approach to management and how would you say it differs from Jason's? Uh, well, I think a lot of the stuff from managing, I learned by being managed by Jason for so long. Mm. You know, you learn by seeing other people do and being managed by Jason for so long. That's where most of the stuff about the game I've learned from. Uh, you know, I ended up managing because Jason hung up his cleats. Like, <laughs> and, you know, it was kind of like, who's the person that's always here? Rory. He'll do it. That'll be a good choice. And, you know, I was very reluctant at first because I felt mm -hmm. that, you know, I, was going, I am not that knowledgeable. I, you know, self-doubting myself that I could do this, that I'd be able to do this. Um, and additionally, like, uh, my job, I work in the Festival Theatre here in Edinburgh, and I'm always very busy, especially during the summer. And I was kind of like, guys, I'm not even here for the last two months of the season, usually. You know, I, I work so much at the end of the year. I was like, guys, I can't be a manager. I'm not here. Somebody else who's going to be here needs to do it. Um, so, like, that first year, I kind of, I managed to talk myself into only being, like, deputy, like, maybe bench coach. And then in that kind of way, when I, I was like, where you're kind of like, yeah, you can't not just stand back a bit. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, no, I, I can do this because I am pretty much trying to do this without saying that I am the manager. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm kind of trying to not take responsibility. Actually, yeah. I can't not sit back. I need to be in there. I need to be doing something, you know, <laughs> even if it's just help helping out the guys, talking about something individually. I was kind of like, yeah, okay, no, I, I, I can't do this. I, I wish I had a bit more confidence in myself. I can do this. I've made this, I thought this was the hardest thing in the world 
and actually, yeah, as long as I'm upfront and honest with everyone, we're all adults here. Nobody's trying to cheat anyone out of anything. I can do this. Well, you've managed the cannons to a perfect month of April. You guys are four and zero to start the year. Um, how do you guys keep that up? Uh, obviously, the schedule is only going to get more difficult as the summer months kick in and the dog days hit. Is um, how do you keep up the the confidence? How do you keep up the motivation to to keep going and winning ball games? Uh, well, the confidence, the motivation. I don't think you know everyone's motivated. If anything, we're feeling confident right now. You know, four and zero. Of course, we're feeling confident about our abilities. Um, we've got a current streak going of batting around in the first inning of every game so far this year. That's going to make you confident about what this team can do. And of course, we're motivated. Right now, the, the motivation is, let's go perfect. You know, let's let's go the whole year and yeah. right through it. I mean, my biggest, uh, the biggest thing for me is I need to find a way to kind of like either kidnap or poison uh, your pitcher, David, so I can definitely go <laughs> perfect through the year. From the time, from the time yeah. of last Sunday... That guy's scary legit. Yes. And we've not faced him because he wasn't here no. when we faced you guys last year. Mm-hmm. So we're like the only team kind of standing there going, this guy sounds like the boogeyman. You know, everyone, like, is, it, is, it, is he that good? And then folk go, yeah. Yeah. He is. Yeah. Good, I'm, yeah. Salivating. I'm, I'm salivating at the prospect of watching him against the Cannons. I think that the Cannons versus us with David on the mound for us could be a classic. Um, I think it should be it should be probably game of the season when when that when that meeting happens. Um, yeah. You mentioned the streak. All all four ball games that you guys have had, you've batted around in the first inning. Is this by design? Is this a plan that you've tried to implement, um, or is this just something that you feel you've managed to take advantage of other teams? Maybe uh, obviously with it being early in the season, are you taking advantage of other teams? Maybe still being a bit rusty, or is this the plan? Do you have a plan in place to try and do that early on? Oh, the plan, of course, is to bat around as much as possible. I mean, <laughs> of course, the plan. I don't think, you know, we, we're not taking advantage of teams being rusty because we faced excellent teams and excellent pitching. You know, in our games, we, you know, we had to Tayport last year, and Shin Yen is a fantastic pitcher. Mm. Like I said, we are, there's an element of we're being lucky, obviously. You, you can't not be lucky in baseball. Uh, but I just think, it's, like I said earlier, it's an element of one through nine, we have a very solid lineup where um, I say to my guys a lot, I say, no one here has to be the hero. You know, no one here has to be the one person that can hit a home run and then has to worry about it. You can know that behind you is somebody just as good, if not more talented. So we just got to keep that line going, keep that rolling along. And, you know, we're just going to work our way, work our way, work our way. You don't have to try and swing out your shoes. You don't have to try and do too much. Just play the game and we'll just keep doing our thing. And, you know, and it'll work and it'll happen. And, you know, so far it has, obviously. But, uh, I mean, I'd like to go more into what our uh, grand plan and scheme is, but that'd be giving away him. <laughs> that would be insider trading kind of on, on my part, I think. Uh, I, I think that's conflict of interest. <laughs> um, I wanted to quickly touch on the Knights, the single A team in Edinburgh. Now, the the impression that I got from Paul previously is that the Knights are kind of made up of draftees from the Devils and draftees from the Cannons. Um, is there a single A Cannon that you're particularly excited about that we should keep an eye on and watch out for? A single A Cannon? Because there's a couple of double A Cannons that you guys will know. Yeah. Obviously, people like uh, Mookie Ryan McFarlane, yeah. 
but you know, you guys know them. Mookie's done really well against us uh, twice already this season. He's he's he a has. tremendous arm. He has. Yeah. He got some firewood off you last time as well, didn't he? He did. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it was the first game with my new bat, and uh, I, I, I broke it on one of his pitches. But that I don't want to talk as well. I don't want to talk about the last couple of trips to Edinburgh because they have not been successful for me at the plate. Like I said in the open, um, I'm in a bit of a slump. Every time I'm hitting it on a line, it's just going straight at someone. Um, so I'm, I'm in a bit of a huff at the moment. Um, just, but, put <laughs> just put it over the fence. Just put it over the fence. You don't have to worry about it, you know. Oh, cool. Of course, it's that easy. It's that easy, Ruth. Um, so there, is, there, is there one uh, in the single A cannons, like one coming through that you think we should be excited about? Um... I think because there's not, like, there's lots of people to be excited about from the single A cannons because a lot of them are people that you'll know from the cannons in previous yeah. years or from the mm -hmm. last year. I'm trying to think of anyone that's brand new. Yeah. Um, or do you think maybe the better question would be: Do you think that the so-called double A cannons that you've mentioned previously um, are you kind of maybe more excited about the steps up that they've made in the last year? Uh, would that be more yeah, appropriate? Yeah, like, yeah, look, I, I, I caught Mookie pitching and he's doing a fantastic job. He's so excited about getting to go down and pitch and work on that. And that's a big thing because he's doing a great job and he's putting the work in. You know, he's asking questions of the right people. We've got some great people like, I mentioned Federico earlier, yeah. that can help out with pitchers and that kind of, the mentality and the, the physical side of it. He's doing a great job. Um, I'm trying to think that. There's some fantastic uh single A players as well that uh, you know Rubens is down there who's doing a good job uh, he's unfortunately hampered a bit he's got a bit of an injury at the moment so he's got yeah. first base and walks is all he can uh, is his, his best job but he, his batting is coming on so much from last year and it's the same thing where it's putting in the work and training and being attentive and taking in lessons uh, there's a couple of uh, new people who just turned up recently uh, Eric who is uh, an exciting uh, he's from from China. He's pitched. I think he pitched. Did he pitch lot on uh, Sunday against yourselves with the Knights? Am I right? I, think I, I, I believe he did. Yeah, I think I think that. I think he came in and relieved McKeeley on in the single A game. Yeah, yeah. Good he was. Picture. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, was yeah. pretty decent. Yeah, very picture. There's a there's a kid. Uh, he's not he's not a cannon. Uh, but Blaine, a young kid. Uh, he's only nineteen. Uh, he wants to pitch. And he yeah. he already throws hard at 19, and we've worked on stuff in training with him. And when he when it clicks, this kid's throwing AAA pitches. Yeah, and he doesn't even realize, you know, how good he can be. Yeah. But when it clicks, when everything's in there and it's and it's in sync, the kid's blowing me away in training. So I think that's a promising kid to keep an eye on for someone so young to have that much kind of natural talent. Yeah, that's the stuff that interests me. Of you know, I'm getting a bit older and see being able to watch people progress over yeah. how many more years I have left in me. That's the interesting, exciting bits. Yeah, I get what you mean. Like I'm in my tenth season now and I'm seeing kind of very young guys come into the comments and it feels the same way that you're you're kind of you kind of feel a sense of responsibility to make sure that they're that they're clicking with what they're being asked to do. Um and you mentioned you mentioned Blaine. Um I assume that you'll lean quite heavily on Federico's expertise in terms of pitching and to, in terms of uh, developing him. I think that with a, with a guy like Federico ahead of him in the pecking order, that could only be an asset. Yeah, like I said, uh, Federico was a fantastic teacher. His yeah. knowledge of baseball and again, his professional attitude is a fantastic person, not just for the comments, uh, the comments, oh my God, patterns, <laughs> but for the whole of Edinburgh baseball. 
Yeah. Like we train together, so we're helping each other out in training. You know, we're, if I see a flaw with a, a devil's hitting or something, I mean, I might not know what I'm talking about, but I'm going to help them out. I'm not going to, you know, hinder them just because we're going to play each other next week. We help each other out yeah. to, again, make Edinburgh baseball and Scottish baseball a higher level. And that's a, a, an exciting thing that uh, people like Federico and, and uh, of course, you know, Canada's kind of a bit blessed at the moment with excellent great pitching from Kit, Peter, Federico. Ren got his first start on Sunday and, you know, it was a little wild, but the kid's effectively wild. He still punched out five in uh, three innings. He, he uh, stole that from me. That was strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, they're, they're sitting there asking me to change a hit into an error so it counts as a no-hitter. I was like, it's very Scottish national baseball to yeah. give up two runs and call it a no-hitter, you know? You can't do that. Yeah. Uh, that's everything from me for tonight, Rory. Uh, Jason, do you have anything else you want to add or ask? I'll ask him one question. So you're probably the last person to play in a European tournament. What do you remember what it was like to go back and play in Europe? Because I think you were in Belgium or, or was it France? I never made the European trip. Oh, you never made the trip. I was trying to remember. No, if you made I, it or I, not. I, I, I was there at the time, but I never had enough cash to afford the Belgium, the France, or was it Estonia? Lith Lithuania. Lithuania. I never that. The, I mean, I remember the Belfast trips, and yes. I vaguely remember bits of the after the Belfast trips. I remember being frog marched out of an elevator in a hotel because <laughs> I was so drunk I got off on the wrong floor and tried to break in a door that I thought was mine. It was actually another person's hotel room. Uh, so no, I never did the, uh, the actual European, French, Belgian tips. So no, unfortunately, I, I don't have an answer for that one. No, okay. I was just going to say we had Coach Jeff and we had some interesting experiences with Coach Jeff there, but we won't go into that. That's a, that's a completely yeah, no, different no, story no. there. Um, no. but, I know, know the story. I, but I'm not. Yes, sure. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll definitely tell that one off the air to John. But yes, um, I, I guess for me, it's really it's, um, how much have you, you know, seen baseball grow in the last 20 years? I guess that would be the question for me. I mean, you, you've seen it all. So, you, you, you know, everyone talk, <laughs> we talk about these five hour trips each direction to go from there to, you know, now we actually have a local league um, and, and, you know, what it's been like to you is kind of an eye-opener joining at 19 and just seeing what it's become now. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, it's definitely, I feel like, you know, Scottish baseball, there was a growth. We used to go down to England playing the national championships. We did so well, you know, as well. We're like, we were usually doing really well in the uh, BBF Northern League. I remember there was one year, was it not, where we, we qualified for the final, but it was all the way in Brighton and we just couldn't afford, we couldn't make it down. No, it was the other way around. That was when we left because we had um, placed second in the league. I can't remember who came first. And Brighton was mm -hmm. due to fly up to Edinburgh and they refused to oh, pay yeah. the price. And the, the Northern Commissioner said we had to play in Manchester and we protested because if we had been in third place, had to go to Brighton, we would have gone to Brighton regardless of what happened. Um, and they wouldn't have made us go in the middle of the country to play this game there. So we yeah. protested that game. And uh, and then we started the, the league the following season. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, you know, we were doing that. We were doing so well. And then I feel like, you know, we, we made the Scottish League and we kind of went, you guys do your thing, we're going to do our thing. And it allowed us to kind of build this nucleus of Scottish baseball that now, in like especially the past uh, of four or five years, has kind of skyrocketed to be something to take seriously to open eyes down south and like BDF and BSUK, but there is a large talent pool of baseball up here in Scotland mm. amongst all the teams. 
And there is kids that have gone up and done, there's, you know, there's GB under 23 kids. There's American training camps. We've been down, we've played in tournaments. They, you know, they didn't even let us book the tournament this year. They're obviously so scared at what we were going to come down with. I mean, the team would be most, like 85% cannons, but it's just, you know, they were obviously scared of the Scottish national team. But no, I, I, it, yeah, we were doing so well. And then there was like this plateau, but it just let us form this kind of nucleus in Scotland that then has mean it's this massive thing. And, you know, I'm excited to see what next year, and I'm not already looking ahead, but next year might be for, you know, tournaments, national Scottish baseball kind of setup. We have a great comment for Chris Kelly here. We should invite Brighton up for the next cup final as a thank you for helping start the league. Oh, well, <laughs> I agree. That would be a nice, a, a nice touch. Um, We'll let you go for now, Rory, um, because we are kind of running a bit short on time. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on again. Um, thank you so very much again for joining us. And uh, all the best to you and the Cannons, obviously, with the rest of the season and obviously the your young guys and your development guys and the, the Knights lineup as well. Uh, all the best. And I'll see you again soon. Thank you. See you soon. In two weeks' time is enough, John, that you're down again in Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah, another, yeah. Ho- another horrible weekend. Yeah, yeah. I hope not, but I, I feel I feel the worst. <laughs> Thanks so much, Rudy. No worries, Ed. Take care. Thanks for having me. Bye, Rudy. So that was Rudy Dunn, tonight's guest, an absolute legend of the game. Twenty years, he's finally had a home run. He's running the cannons really well. He's got them four zero in the league. Um, very much early favourites for the for the for the title in Triple E division. Just an all round great guy as well. You you can attest to that more than anyone. You've been a teammate of his for. You know, two decades in England as well as anyone in the league. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I taught him everything I knew, but uh, he's doing just fine on his own. Absolutely. Um, let's finish up tonight with uh, this coming weekend's games. Uh, it's May 1st, Sunday, May 1st. The AAA schedule is uh, the Edinburgh Diamond Devils at the Canets. So it's a derby weekend this weekend again, as the Comets are at the Galaxy. And the Oilers visit the Tayport Breakers. And the single A division, interestingly enough, it's the Edinburgh Knights who travel to Tayport to face the Breakers in the single A. So that could be interesting in terms of the lineup composition for the two Edinburgh teams in the Triple A Derby. Um, and the Comets and Galaxy will be a double header with a single A Derby as well. Um, so some great games to look forward to again this weekend. Uh, should be an interesting one to talk about. Our guest next week is going to be a, a one that is one that I'm really looking forward to. On May third, next Tuesday, we'll have uh, my coach Jason Stott joining the show to finally talk about uh, his ex- extensive experience. Uh, next season will be 25 years in the game for Jason, despite the fact that he currently is still only 29 years old. He started playing when he was five. So I'm really looking forward to that. Thanks again to Rory and thanks to anybody who watched um, the audio podcast version. It's just going to come out shortly as well. So if you're listening on the podcast, thank you for joining us. You can get us on Facebook at Caps and Pipes. We're on Twitter at Caps and Pipes. And we're on Instagram at Ballcaps and Bagpipes. And uh, yeah, surely um, we can you can just search Ballcaps and Bagpipes on YouTube. And uh, also don't forget to subscribe at your podcast platform of choice to the audio version. That's it from me. I'm John McKellar. And I'm Jason Durr signing off. Everyone, good luck this weekend. Let's let's have some good ball games again. Bobby Bonilla. <laughs>